Welcome to the Actually Connecting Podcast, where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Actually Connecting Podcast. We have Brad Smith on with us today. And as you all know, it's all about emotions, consciousness, and connecting. And it's where we explore those things. And what's really fun about this particular conversation is Brad and I have never spoken before this. This is truly a first time we've ever met. And what's fun about that is you really get a chance to connect live for people for the first time. And that is really unique and really exciting. So a little introduction on Brad for what I know. Uh, He's a business coach. He's an executive coach. He's a strategic planner. He helps facilitate and implement different pieces. But what I love the most is on LinkedIn. This is what he says. If you have an unrelenting itch for excellence and learning, you are a perfect connection for me. So Brad, I have an unrelenting itch for excellence and learning. Let's connect. Good. Let's go. Cool. Will you tell me, the audience, everyone, who you are, what's going on? What makes you tick? Um, well, let's, the, the last one is the, hard, the, the easiest and the hardest. <laughs> um, so I've been on this journey many years, right? So let's just say I'm seven decades plus. Wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, my, we're going to start with presence. Yeah. Right. Presence is part of rapport. And when you're talking with someone, you have to have both presence. Like if you think about it, presence is actually a muscle in consciousness that we learn to regulate. When you're spaced out, you're not paying any attention, you're not present and you've let go of being physically present. You're gone. You're somewhere else with your presence. But when you're focused on something and you want to achieve something or with someone, right? I'm talking with someone. I want to regulate myself to the point where I'm completely with them. Now, as you advance in your skills and you evolve, right? As a human being, you learn how to regulate your presence so that you are both in your emotions, you are in your physical body, and and aware of it, right? So fully aware of your physical body, right? Fully aware of your emotions, fully aware of your analytical mind, and fully aware of your intuitive mind. And what I, I had this beautiful moment where I realized when I was deep in, I would say, uh, a, a not a mystical experience. It's the only way I can describe it, right? But expanded yeah. beyond my physical self. And I realized that the intuitive mind, which I describe as an, a synthesis engine, and the analytical mind as a subtractive engine. You put your hand on a desk, you subtract out the hand and say, okay, that's a hand, that's a desk, right? And the analytical mind is designed for sharp edges and um, subtraction, right? And the opportunity to pose questions, but the intuitive mind is designed for synthesis. Take a piece here. I have a problem. The analytical mind poses a problem to me and I can take a solution from here, 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 and here, and it pulls it together. And you have what you could call an epiphany moment 
And what you wind up with out of that is the solution to the problem. I was an analytical chemist. Analytical chemistry is put stuff in a beaker, change a single factor, and watch the results. Okay, so that's the analytical mind's realm. I'm a weird chemist was, right? In that I could use also my intuition. And I started doing practices in the middle of being an analytical chemist during a period of time of about six or seven years. But in the first six months, six months into that process, I, I realized that my intuitive mind had six times the ability to correlate information that my analytical mind had. I could hold, let's say, one correlation pair together in my analytical mind, mm -hmm. but my intuitive mind could take six times that much information and put it together into a solution. Mm -hmm. When you're in rapport with someone, including yourself, you have to be mm -hmm. fully self-aware and patient observation, if you would, you know, they call that mindfulness now, right? Mm -hmm. But if you if you're in awareness of yourself and you open yourself up into your heart, not your analytical mind, into your heart, you can literally feel the other person's emotions. Mm. No, there's mm. there's the empathy stage where you're aware of them, right? You yeah, I comprehend where you're at, right? And comprehension is a key word in this whole thing. But if you open up your awareness of them, you can understand where they're at fully. Okay? Now, there's a deeper level beyond that that most people don't get to unless they've meditated. I'm a 26-year meditator. And so what you get in, in business, for sure, is the ability to literally feel someone's emotions. In other words, we feel emotions in our body. If you get to a certain stage, you can literally feel people you're connected to. If you've got a deep rapport with someone, a good friendship, and they're going through issues, you'll wake up and you'll have that thought in your mind or that feeling in your mind. Steps beyond that is you will literally feel who it is and what they're going through. I used to have this rule where if someone rolled across my mind, I'd measure, you know, I'd just pay attention, that's once, and I'd let them roll across my mind three times and then I would call them. And they'd say, how do you know to call me right now? <laughs> that's so true. Right? Yeah. But it's like, but that's, that's deeper than just deja vu sort of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So every one of the people that are listening to this podcast each one of you are in a 12 dimension, apparently there's 12 dimensions to this reality, 12 dimensional school for learning how to be a miracle worker. It's the best way I can describe it. Every one of the, every one of the mystics, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, and the rest of the herd, Lao Tse, all of those gentlemen and women, both genders, right, were capable of just a small part of their abilities were to create things. Literally stick your hand out and put a gold coin into it because they had the ability to regulate their personal power 
and their will deeply enough, they could pull together the particles and the energy necessary to create that. That's profound. But what I want every one of the people that are listening to know about this is each one of you, if you get your act together, <laughs> are capable of learning how to do this stuff. Am I there yet? No. Am I aware and have had moments where I've had amazing experiences? Yeah, I have, right? So I decided years ago, 25 years ago to be exact, actually longer than that, to take who I was and pursue individuals' growth and use that, use business as a place to project or the projection screen of who they were because who you are creates what you what you experience and I, I, i'm going to write a book on it i'm going to start probably december write a book about the the mechanisms of synchronicity and character and human success they're all tightly linked and i've actually got being the, the analytical chemist i've got diagrams <laughs> for the mechanisms yeah here's your consciousness here's your awareness level here's how far and uh specifically you've learned how to regulate with your own will the aspects of who you are right i describe meditation this way Meditation is the process of removing your will consciously from your physical body and sitting. Say that it's, one more time. Will you say it? Go over it one, one more round. Okay. Well, yep. we'll I get, there's layers. Okay, so perfect. The, the first le level of meditation is to put your, your body in, into a state, doesn't matter whether you're sitting or laying, right? But to lay it, sit down so that you remove your will from it and it's just still. Yeah, itch, you scratch yourself, right? You know, those twitches, that sort of thing, but you choose not to, to regulate your physical muscles. The next level that you go into in your development, and this takes a couple years, is to remove your will from your emotions and watch them. And eventually they unwind because you're not putting energy into them, they unwind and you reach stillness emotionally. Then eventually you get to the place where you can remove your will from your analytical mind and your thoughts reach stillness. And there's a muscle involved in that. That was so fun to find. And then beyond that, you, you reach the place where, so the analytical, the analytical mind is uh, words and numbers and the intuitive mind is concepts and so when you have an epiphany a concept will show up and then you'll put words and numbers to it in the analytical mind but eventually you get to the place where you can remove your will from your active will consciously from your intuitive mind and you can just sit and watch and so you're physically still you're emotionally still you're your analytical thoughts are still, and then eventually you get to a place where you are just watching the concepts come and go. Ideas. And when you reach that level, there are higher levels 
to reach. It's been an amazing journey and I feel like I'm just a baby in this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that download that you just placed <laughs> out. Um, it's really cool and it's really exciting. I appreciate you jumping into to all of it because there's there's about a million places. There's a lifetime of discovery that we just went through in the last right. five minutes or so. So, so let, me, let me throw two things in here. Perfect. With other people, yep. when you have people with you, your best friends are the people you have deep rapport with. You know you have deep rapport with them because on all four levels, concepts, analytical mind, emotions, physically, right? You're in rapport with them. There's a comprehension. Uh, uh, it's like you're on the same wavelength, which is a term we use, right? Because you literally are, okay? And so conscious comprehension is a key understanding for learning how to regulate your presence and build rapport with people. If you're in business and you're in sales, if you know how to do rapport building, you regulate yourself and you learn how to find the people and pay attention to the people you have instant rapport with. That's an evolutionary skill. That's just cool though. Absolutely. You help people build better rapport. And the process you just walked through on a very high level is the process on how you help them accomplish that. Well, I help them understand themselves yeah. so that they can understand their business so that they can achieve the goals they want. I don't mm -hmm. care if someone's in business or not, right? Mm -hmm. If they show up in front of me or in communication with me and I can help them define their goal and then help them understand the steps they need to go through, I, I love doing that. Mm -hmm. Cheap? No. <laughs> yeah. You know, I help people, I help people yeah. achieve things. Yeah. It's like if I could help the whole world understand that emotions like blame, criticism, and anger, right? All of those negative emotions are pieces of their history that they haven't grown beyond. If I blame somebody and I'm angry at them, what I'm actually doing is I'm standing in the middle of my, I don't believe I'm capable decision from about, you know, 20 inches long, right? I'm not capable. Therefore, I have to be powerful. I give myself permission to be fully powerful when I'm angry. So if I blame you, I can throw my full force at you and feel powerful. What, what I'm sidestepping is I haven't addressed my own feelings of incapability. So if you see someone that's angry or critical, what they're doing is they're being emotionally immature. And you're saying the root is incapability. Well, here's, here's what I say. There's, there's three decisions we make when we're first born. I'm not capable is the very first one because at 22 inches long, you're not, right? And the second one is 
I'm not capable, therefore I can't be responsible. If I'm not responsible, someone else has to do it for me. Therefore, I get to blame. Okay? Mm. The third one we make is I'm not valuable because if I can't get what I want, then I must not be valuable. Everybody that I've ever met makes those three decisions and spends the balance of their life on earth unwinding and relearning those three decisions. Wow. There's an entry point into it. And the entry point is I choose to be responsible. Mm. I choose to learn. That's the whole of learning in the whole of life on earth. Take responsibility for everything in your life. Everything changes. I, I choose to be responsible. Then I can choose to learn to be capable. Well, I want to learn the alphabet. What do I do? I repeat each letter 72 times as a kid. I learned the alphabet, right? What's that mean? It means I've learned how to learn, right? How many humans have you ever run into that don't walk because they're too lazy? Mm. Who never learned how to walk because they were too lazy? Nobody. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So if we all had examples of people in front of us that walked, we, we learn how to walk. I want to be like that. I don't want to be laying here like this blub wiggling on the, on the on floor. That drives me nuts, right? I'm going to learn how to walk. So we get that ambition. Later on, when we get locked into our I'm not capable, I'm not responsible, I'm not valuable cycle, we start doing negative emotions and that keeps us from learning what the truth is. Hmm. Interesting. Does it's it make sense though, Dan? It does make sense. Oh yeah. Um, all, all of it is the practice I'm currently on, we which uh, we all are, is kind of what you're saying here. Well, but it is directly talking to everything that I'm really diving deep into right now within my personal existence. Cool. Which is super fun. It's really cool that, I mean, just energetically, if when we talk about this connection and how, because that, that leads to this next, you talk about synchronicity. It's the synchronicity of what comes into your life and who comes into your life and when it comes into your life. Right. And I think that's so important in this process of seeing kind of everything that you're talking about here and, and guiding through. You're on these stage one, two, three, and then the concepts of coming, come and go now, and now you're in that place. Is that the stage of meditation you're in currently? I'm, I'm learning how to, well, there's, I have moments yeah. where I get to go beyond just being um, aware of concepts. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in communication with other beings mm -hmm. beyond mm -hmm. this. Yeah, right? absolutely. So may I, can we talk about those beings for just a second and how you've chosen to interact with those? Because I feel like in the world we're in right now, we're in this place of, let's use the word disclosure where okay. these beings, whatever they are, let's, and again, let's separate these two because you've got these physical presence beings and you've also got higher dimensional beings. And the concept that there are even beings is new to human consciousness from no. a government perspective. No. 
right? No. But I mean, publicly, media-wise. Public, okay. In in the Western yeah. culture? Yes. Yeah. From, Western ev- culture. from human soul perspective, this is the way it is. There's no... Well, you know, it's like, okay, so... My earliest non-physical experience, I was 15 years old. Yep. I had my driver's permit. I had my family, two brothers, two sisters. Well, maybe it was one brother and two sisters. No, two brothers, two sisters, my mom and dad. We're all in the Buick station wagon driving up. And I'm driving on the freeway for the very first time. And it was foggy. And so you could only see half a mile in front of you, right? And I had this altering experience where I had a hold of the wheel and I was driving and all of a sudden it felt like, even though I was going 60 miles an hour, right? Mm -hmm. It felt like I was holding still and the whole earth, I felt the whole earth rotating underneath me at at the rate of 60 miles an hour. (laughs) But I felt the whole earth. Okay. Yeah. So I want to throw another experience in here, which mm-hmm. was much, much later. I was 47 at the time, mm-hmm. maybe 46. I sit down to meditate in the morning and there's a flash consciousness shift, if you would. And my body, you know, we, we, we feel like, you know, our human physical body is ours, right? There's an identification with our physical body. This is my body. I can move my fingers, my head, talk, right? It responds to me, so it's my body. In that moment, my shift was, my body was the solar system. Mm. And all, all the planets and all the moons were inside me, and I could look down inside me and see that there were literally individual beings on earth but there were individual beings on every one of those moons and every one of those planets all of them and in the sun they were inside my body which was the solar system it lasted maybe a minute right but you can't you can't unlearn that unexperience that so we are capable of massively profound things Right. And being a human being in a physical body is just the start. Mm-hmm. It's the vessel. It's an antenna. Oh, sorts. right. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's actually an anchor. <laughs> we we yeah, that's a great be, way to put it. Yeah, you know, it's an anchor for the Earth experience. Yeah, earthly tie. That's really yeah, very true. It, it's so interesting because you're experiencing all is all, and just really all. Yeah. That yeah, word, exactly. when you really jump into it, it's unique. Well, it's it's my consciousness, right? I still get to identify with my consciousness and the whole solar system, right? Mm-hmm. And I get to look down inside, but my will is involved, my awareness is involved, my mm-hmm. understanding is involved, mm-hmm. right? And my obviously my memory, right? Mm-hmm. So all of those parts of who I am were involved in that. May I ask, was, would you consider your ego being involved? Because sometimes when people are doing substances, they have what they would consider an ego death in order to experience that concept. Would your right. ego still there? No, 
my awareness was there. But your awareness was, your ego was not. You also would consider an ego that ego death? Well, e ego is locked up in, I'm not capable, I'm not responsible, I'm not valuable. Mm. When you get deep enough into who you are, your identification is what you are, and everything else is neutral. When you get to the place where your emotions are still and you're working on the analytical and the intuitive mind, your emotions are still. You know, there's a desk in front of you, you've got earbuds in, and you're listening, right? Those things are inanimate. Your emotions become still enough, they could be inanimate. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a fun state. Because then you fun, can just yeah. be spunky. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you could love people without having to have anything back from them. Yeah. Right? You can yeah. care for them. Um, you know, yeah, I get emotional about this stuff because I care. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to learn how to be the very best they can. And obviously, the way we're designed in this earth, the very first thing we get to focus on is how do I survive? And how do I, and right now, because we're civilized, how do I make money? And so if my focus is on how do I create money, right? Or health or romance or whatever, right? Relationship, how do I create? That's the very, very, very first start, mm -hmm. right? Of learning how to be a profound, creative, intelligent, aware, kind, compassionate, loving human non-human spirit right spot on you take the understanding that you know we have a memory of being in the methodist church where i kind of grew up right and the minister's talking about the eternal soul i'm going okay if i'm eternal why don't i remember mm. Right. And if yeah. I'm eternal, what is the experience of being eternal? So I've plumbed that pretty deep. Mm. What, what were some of the discoveries along that that journey? I've had that's intriguing. It's an intriguing question. Well, okay. So if you have an out-of-body experience, you get to mm -hmm. turn around and look back at your physical body and go, oh yeah, right? That's a Chrysler, that's a Ford, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Comes and goes. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get to plug myself into a new, you know, I'm going to have a Volvo this time. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, whatever. Right? I found 12. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I get I get to plug myself into this for this period of time. Yeah. And then I'll step out and remember who I am. Mm -hmm. Who I really am. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I've had that experience. I've gone through in hypnosis. I've gone through. Hypnosis. two specific past life deaths and to see myself one i was a viking i lifted up out of my physical body and i looked back down at it and going yep that's what i was and i'm not that anymore i'm mm -hmm. still me mm -hmm. that's eternal mm -hmm. there are certain practices that believe that in order to reach samsara enlightenment you have to see and predict your past deaths and current deaths 12 times over. Have you heard of this? So, it's it's just one of those intriguing cultural 
beliefs well, out there that it's it's, it, it's that's an interesting process yeah um i read a book um okay i can't i don't think i got it out of a box yet um any rate uh it was a story about a man that lived in the 1800s in india and he went through enlightenment and did that stuff right and he felt like he was a baby in this process because he could only fully remember two lifetimes, mm -hmm. but fully, right? Mm -hmm. You can get little snatches here and there. And I mean, I've got lots of them, mm -hmm. but part of the evolution is getting to the place where you can regulate your will and the things around you. They will eventually, and science is headed this way. One of my, one of my hobbies, if you would, is particle physics and yeah. obviously behind me cosmology right the the intricates and interactions between particle physics and the quantum realm and the human will will eventually get to the place where we will understand that our will is capable of full interaction but we have to grow and evolve to the place where we live from inside out not outside in Mm -hmm. Right, and get to the place where we're powerful enough as a human being, as a being, not a human being, but a being, where we can interact with the particles, look at someone, read what's going on with their body, see the gaps and the issues that are going on, and reach in with our will, with permission, of course, mm -hmm. and put the pieces in place that they need in order to be healed. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying regulate your will. Yep. Regulate your will. Regulate your awareness. Regulate your will. Your will. Be. Yeah. Be. In this, everyone, many from a cultural perspective are talking about this shift from third to fourth. That is oh, a big. Dimensional? Yes. It's a big yes. push right now. Begin this concept that third is we're just understanding what choice is for the self and choice versus self and others and as we go into fourth we're now recognizing exactly what you're talking about which is this concept of you can manifest using love and light well, let's back up back up a little bit play a little bit in there play in the space with okay me. you're already manifesting right everything about your life you've already put into place unconsciously so there's two levels of learning there's conscious learning and there's unconscious learning i choose to be as conscious a learner as i can be that's the whole point of meditation right i want to be conscious so if i'm conscious about what i'm creating then i can start manifesting consciously as opposed to unconscious manifestation and all the stuff i hate about my life right yeah, so true. So if you've got it, you already did it. Mm -hmm. Just learn how to put in place what you want, but learn all the things that you have in you that have created the negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, spot on. The shadow in a lot of ways, you have to you have to confront your shadow and you've got to really understand where you're coming well, from. That's that's just our, our garbage bin unconscious. Mm -hmm. Right? I have a lot of things about me that I've worked on for, you know, 70 years to clean up. It's like, 
why would I be angry with someone if I'm responsible for exactly. having them show up and be who they are, just naturally who they are, right? Mm -hmm. And they do something that bugs crud out of me. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, what am I learning from that? So if I use every moment in my life, which I do, literally every moment in my life as a learning tool, right? I'm projecting from inside me out through my subconscious back into the world, right? We call that synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And all the garbage I've got stored in my subconscious, if I don't like what's there in front of me in the physical world, it's because I've got something in my subconscious that made that happen. Mm -hmm. My job is to go inside, clean it up, and have, you know, have peace with that part of myself that showed up outside. How do you clean that process up? I think that's a um, very important piece for where we're at today. Kundalini yoga is one. Yep. Okay. Uh, meditation is required. Okay. There are breathing exercises that you can do. Yep. Let's talk about all three. If you, so, if you're willing. So Kundalini uh, yoga is pretty incredible. Life changing. Yeah. I, I actually didn't run into Kundalini yoga until about two and a half years ago. Wow. And so I started, it's like, Oh yeah, this is a smart thing to do. I'll do that. Mm -hmm. So do a practice. So what I've learned over the years, over the decades, literally, mm -hmm. I have the intuition, the impulse to do something for a specific outcome. I will do it over and over and over again on a daily basis until I get that result. Or I understand that it's time to stop and do the next thing that comes along. Mm -hmm. So um, pranayama, get a book, read it, do it. Meditation, kundalini yoga, get books, read them, find somebody who's good at it, who has an honest heart, right? Mm -hmm. And learn from them, mm -hmm. okay? Um, uh, one of the ones that I like to do is, is called Fists of Anger. Okay. Would you like to do it now? Huh? Would you like well, to do just, it now? Well, you, you, yeah. do, you, you do an induction, right? Okay. And then literally what you do is you know, go look it up online. There's great YouTubes on it. Okay. okay. You put your hands like this. And you mm -hmm. literally do this while you're doing Breath of Fire. You do that mm -hmm. for, right? Three minutes, right? That's all three minutes. And then you clean, you know, then you clean your, clean your, your field. Mm. That's it. What he so, just did was if you take your thumbs, hands forward, you take your thumbs and place them in your palm. Yep. Do this, do this. Yep. And then close your fists. So in close essence, your, your thumb touches then, the bottom of your And then you pinky. rotate them like you were throwing your garbage over your shoulder. Yep. Reverse swim or throw the garbage bags over your shoulder yep. and then come back down. And every single time you go up, you're breathing out. It yeah, down it doesn't in. matter. Doesn't you're just matter. doing you're doing a breath of fire. Yep, and you can do through the mouth or through the nose. Right. Very quick, successive breath. Yeah. Cool. Try and then to cleanse, you said reach above, kind of hands up no, in the put air. Put your hands like you interlace your hands. Yep. Rotate them. Put them here above your head. Yep. And for um, three breaths, slow breaths, right? You visualize. Um, purity, whiteness coming down and cleaning out all your garbage so there that you you're as clean as you can get. There you go. It's cool. It's a huge discovery. 
that you can purify your body. We are energy. And if it's, there's blocks and there's things. And when you clear that it's incredible. And Kundalini has been an amazing process of allowing that clearing to happen. Tai Chi is similar as well. Yeah, there's a few right. different ways to clear yeah. and that's self-love. Yeah. Well, the end result is self-love. Yeah. The impulse is self-love. Yeah. I used um, uh, Kabbalah I yeah. did that for uh, 12 years and on a weekly basis that yeah. pulls energy in. And if you've got garbage in your subconscious that needs to show up and tell you, like, knock on the door and say, hey, pay attention, mm -hmm. that will do it. Okay. That's great to know. Yeah. Um, meditation, you walked through the stages of your meditation on kind of getting still with your mind, your body, yourself, and then the process of what that looks like. How do you, there's this moment when early meditation where it's like, you know what, I just am terrified to be with myself i don't want to go be silent because that's boring or it's you know or whatever excuse or whatever excuse exactly how, how do you find that you personally got over that first hurdle to just realize okay it's new you don't understand quite yet yeah even just the fact of falling asleep i hear that so many times oh i just fall asleep when i meditate what it's okay all you yeah. do so meditation is brainwave regulation hmm. okay we do analytical thinking in the beta brainwave level we do daydreaming spaced out right in the alpha brainwave level we do most of the sleep cycle in theta brainwave level and we do the deepest 30 minutes of a 90 minute sleep cycle in delta okay when we're born we are in delta and theta and so all the emotional garbage that we live and learn, and we don't, we don't add alpha and beta until we're about five or six. So all the emotional stuff we pick up when we're in the childhood, right? And our family of origin, if we're lucky enough to have that, right? But all those childhood experiences to about age five or six, mm -hmm. right? Lock into the brain in the theta brainwave level. So what you're doing in meditation is you're learning how to balance the brain waves across the brain, right? I ran into, there's a couple of different places you can go to get uh, brain entrainment stuff. Did you uh, bio, bio Cybernaut Institute? Oh, there's another one, yeah. There's yeah, a, what, is one you, what is the one you I, know? I use, I've used two. One is uh, the Synchronicity Foundation, synchronicity.org. Okay, and the other one is the Monroe Institute. What's really funny is they're only like about 10 miles from each other. Competition's good for each other. Yeah, I realize <laughs> that. But, you know, it's like, but, but when you train it, so I was having a really hard time just counting my breaths. Yeah. You know, Zazen, yeah. one through 10. Nope, yep, start over, start over, start over. 10, 12, 15 minutes of that was really, really hard, right? Uh, before that, I had done transcendental meditation. I tried Zazen and I found um, Synchronicity Foundation and was able to do an hour just like that. Mm. Like literally within a week, I was able to sit down and do an hour without even phasing me. So continue searching for your style. Whatever your style is. No, mm -hmm. Transcendental Meditation is good. Self-Realization mm -hmm. Fellowship is a good meditation process. That's Paramahansa Yogananda. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
find your method, right? But the core of it is learning how to regulate your brain waves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Breath, third one's breath we're talking about. So there's Kundalini meditation on the breath side of things. Uh, pranayama. Pranayama is what you would recommend for breath. Yeah, um, there's books on it. That was breath, okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. It's, it's really, really cool that you're jumping in this. Why did you jump into all of this? Uh, like a lot of people have I, trauma and they would need to heal the trauma. Some people have an experience and it awakens them to some, what was, what's your story with all of this? <laughs> um, two things happened to me when I was 18. Yeah. I developed fall term freshman year at Oregon State. I developed an ulcerated colon. Mm. And the doctor says to me when I get to the doc, when I get to him, so Brad, if you'd have waited six weeks to come see me, you would have bled to death. Mm -hmm. It was pretty bad. It was very painful. Mm -hmm. Right? And he said, you'll never eat strawberries, corn, or lettuce ever again in your life. My 18-year-old brain said, fat chance, buddy, that ain't happening. Mm -hmm. And the third thing he said was, you have a psychosomatic disease. Your emotions affect the severity of your symptoms. And in that instant, I made the personal commitment to watch my emotions, understand which ones were causing my bleeding and my pain, and rewire them. Didn't know that at the time, but learn how to rewire them at the deepest causative moment so that I could um, stop my disease. I did. Took 20 years but, and hypnosis, but I did it. Hypnosis is what really did the trip part of the trick. Well, it took me back to a, a, a conscious memory that I had natural memory that I had of my first spanking. Mm. Where I was 12 months old or 10 months old or 11 months old, somewhere in that range, right First spanking. And in that process, I was in the middle of potty training. But I also didn't feel safe after the spanking. I mean, not my mom was, you know, it kind of freaked her out because I was, had the lid off the diaper pail and I was playing in it. <laughs> like mm -hmm. fascinated with the, you know, the clouds that were swirling behind the, the diapers. So yeah, that freaked mom out, right? So I had to go back into that memory and rework it from an adult level rather than um, my 10, you know. Hold your child self. My child self, right? Yeah, and so absolutely. to retrain myself. And when I did that, you know, that was the last piece I had to do, but I'd gotten in a place where I knew which emotions were, were, which were, you know, I felt didn't feel safe and I didn't feel loved. And so I was living in a world of conditional love. And before that moment, I had unconditional love. And so it taught me how to be self-aware at a very, very deep level. Okay, that's the first piece. The second piece is I was working on my theory how the universe was put together at that time also taking religion classes at, at oregon state and uh, my thought was this there had to be a theory behind everything that included all humans that ever had been currently were or ever would be had to include everybody and it had to include all their experiences the good the sublime and the horrific right? From Mother Teresa to, you know, to Jesus, to Buddha, to Hitler, and Attila the Hun, right? 
that whole range had to include. And behind everything, because I believed in cause and effect at that point because of the chemistry, it had to include, it had to include a positive purpose. All things, all humans, actually all things, all, all experiences and a positive purpose. Mm -hmm. And it took me a very long time to understand that. Uh -huh. But what I learned at the back of that was I went through the experience. So that started me down this path and started me into mysticism. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. I finally got to a complete understanding of why we are here. My first wife and I had seven pregnancies, and in those seven pregnancies, we wound up with two live children. Yeah. Right? The second one died at a full term. Yeah. Right? The fourth one died at six months gestation. And so um, my daughter is in between. Um, so it took me about two years to grieve through the loss of my, of, of the first girl that died. Yeah. And, um, when we got to the hospital with the, the, the fourth one and the doctor said, this baby is not alive. In that moment, with all the grieving that I'd done, I realized that I had learned how to grieve, that I would be better at grieving this time and that I could do a better job of supporting my first wife in her grieving process and this process we had to go through. Yeah. But what I understood after that was no matter how horrible things come to you in life, right? And the loss of an infant is uh, just about as bad as I could imagine. Loss of a parent, loss of a spouse, loss of a job, all those horrific things that we go through. Mm -hmm. Death, right? Mm -hmm. All those things that we go through, you take them, they're in your life for learning, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Learn how to be good to each other. Mm -hmm. Learn how to be good to yourself because you're counted in that whole pile. Mm -hmm. Wise words. So everything really about words. life on earth is about learning. Mm -hmm. Learn as deep and as hard as you can. If you're a voracious learner, mm -hmm. you'll get there. It's not <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's so true. Have you always been a voracious learner? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Is there ever a point where you look back and you said, like, I just, you did not want to learn. I don't want to learn right. This e is just. Ever. Ever. No. <laughs> my very, one of my earliest, earliest memories. I'm probably 15, 16 months old. We're living in Ames, Iowa. My dad's working on his PhD. And, um, I wake up in a little Quonset hut, you know, the old corrugated Quonset huts. I sneak out the door. There's a cinder driveway next to us, and then there's a putting green next to the house. I sneak out, run across that, got to the putting green, and it's like May, and there's dew on the grass because it's, you know, sunlight, but it's, uh, and there's a nightcrawler crawling along. And I squat down and I look at the nightcrawler, and it, and it wiggles its way up to a dewdrop. And I watched the dewdrop bend, 
and it pushes a little harder and then it flows, breaks and flows onto the worm. And he crawls up to the next dewdrop and bends it. So I was watching surface tension at 15 mm. months old and studying surface tension, mm -hmm. right? And then he crawled off to the next one and I watched him bend that, right? And, and then it flowed on. So I was watching surface tension of water dewdrops. It's cool. Studying. Forever learner. Uh, it's a growth mindset, growth versus fixed mindset. And it's really important when you are on this journey of ex exploration. I understand why your company is called Stellar Insight. Well, I realized after my second marriage, I realized that had ended, that I had to rename my company. I'm going, okay, what, what is it that I actually give, I sell? What was that I actually sell? I sell insight. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved stars. Mm -hmm. So stellar insight, in, yeah. right? Yeah, it's perfect. There we go. And my goal is the deeper my insight goes, then I can share that with everybody that I run into who is willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And of course, if I'm, I'm helping them make money, I make, make sure they pay me. So. <laughs> exactly. Makes right. sense. Do you help people on a spiritual? I mean, I know it's all three, but do you help people exclusively spiritual exclusive, and, and also ex exclusively uh, financial? Are those, do you separate those two? Because obviously I know it's all three, but it's, I, I do whatever the person is capable of hearing. Mm hmm. Okay, and I know because I've got deep intuition. That's one of the benefits of this whole process. Your intuition gets deeper and deeper and deeper until you get to the place where you can read someone and all of their issues the moment you meet them. It doesn't matter whether it's in person, video, or over the phone. You learn how to listen deeply enough, you know their stuff. You also get to the place where you don't care what their issues are. The goal is to help them achieve, mm -hmm. right? So if I'm yep. helping them achieve financial stuff, I will help them grow deeper and deeper and deeper. Look at their business, right? So I'm helping them grow. And if it's only just the business, there's stuff that happens automatically, right? Mm -hmm. You can't be connected to me and not evolve, period. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll run you up to your limits, right? But I'll also, I have a few, right? That I get to teach the whole gamut. I have some clients that I'm teaching them the business stuff. I'm teaching them how to grow the business, how to look at it in a different way, how to structure it so that the energies flow through it correctly in order to achieve the goals and support and serve the customers. But also, I'm teaching them how to grow specifically at an at a energetic and a spiritual level. I do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. How to take control of your manifesting. Right. Yeah. Right. How, how do you push people? How do you decide whose limits are where? And I know it's intuition, but that's a really interesting perspective and one that I've been playing with myself on. How do you know when it's okay for pain to be a positive? Um, I'm willing to be someone's brick wall. Mm -hmm. You know, we learn consciously, we learn unconsciously. Yeah. Right? Everyone's constantly creating opportunities for learning. And if someone makes a commitment to me, 
I will hold them accountable. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's cost, right? Mm -hmm. But that's interaction process, right? So mm -hmm. I my goal is for them, period, always. Never about me, ever, mm -hmm. right? It's for them. So if I can nudge them, I look at it this way. If all I do is drop seeds and people pick them up and run with them full on, right? I don't have to do anything except drop seeds. If I have to nudge and shove, right? I will nudge and shove to a certain extent and hold people accountable. That's the whole thing with coaching is accountability, right? Like you do this. And then the consulting part is I give them the insights. I know the epiphanies they need to know and have an experience way before they get to them. And so I, I drop the breadcrumbs to take them to the door of the epiphany, and then they get to walk through. Mm -hmm. I will teach them at whatever level they're capable of learning and doing, whether it's conscious and active or unconscious and, and reactive. When you first meet a person, do you immediately know? Do you get the download? What, with about, what within about five minutes. Yeah. Are you... I'm going to challenge you here, but I'm also, I don't want to put you in a spot that's, that's inappropriate. Are you capable of doing it for myself? after knowing me for this long oh, in the process yeah. that we've gone through. Yes. What I feel inside you yeah. is you are reaching and you're striving. Okay. But you don't have the validation yet from the things you want to learn to say, I am this and I'm capable of this. Right. I'm going to teach you something right now. Yeah. Love it. Take your hands like this, rub them together, pull them apart and bring them very slowly together and stop when you feel something between them. There. Okay, describe it. Uh, current. Okay. Uh, flow, now push through that, mm -hmm. push through that, and come to the next one and stop. There. Okay, okay. push through that one, come to the next one. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's one more. Now nope, you went through it. <laughs> Back up about three inches. Play with that. Maybe another half inch, just slightly bigger, about like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you feel. Do you feel a pressure there in addition to the electrical, you know, magnetic stuff, right? Okay. What you're doing is you're, you're aware in your hands of, at this point, because you stopped four times, four fields, okay? Four different bodies that you have that you push your way through the wall of each one of them, mm -hmm. okay? And you can feel it here between your hands. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you get to the place where you feel it. I do, out from my body about 12 inches nonstop. I can't, can't, I can no longer shut it off. Wait, wait, what does that mean? You can no longer shut it off. Or I can't shut off awareness of that level. Yeah. Around yeah. you in that spectrum. Right. And then with others as well, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can probably see 
the spectral points vortex-wise on their body as well? Or no, this nope. is... It's all kinesthetic. For you, it's kinesthetic. It's kinesthetic. So you're... Fascinating. Yeah. You, you're, you're on the East Coast? Uh, Austin, Texas. So you're central. in Austin, Texas, right? So you're <sighs> a good city too, right? Yeah. So you're, you're, I, where you're at, I can feel kinesthetically how you are. Yeah. I understand. Doesn't matter where you are on the planet. I yeah. can feel that. Yep. I agree. Is that something you've always had or is that something you discovered in? It's, it's evolved. It started happening within about two years, about, the, well, within the first year of the Kabbalah. First year of the Kabbalah. Okay. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So if you wanted to do pranayama and yeah. meditation and, and find it, there's a there's one or two really specific books on Kabbalah mm -hmm. that will take you through that. Mm -hmm. I had a class that I taught I called Enlightenment Training. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the goal was to teach people how to have conversation with people on the other side mm -hmm. at will. That's mm -hmm. kind of fun. You talked about that in the very beginning that you're speaking with the beings that you've started connecting with. Right. Um, do you have a process that once you've connected with those beings, you are ensuring that it's love and light all the way through? Well, nobody gets to show up around me that isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you Great. saying that. Will you help the audience understand that concept? Because I'm interacting with a lot of people that are wanting that experience but they're very scared and fearful that they well, are okay so the, so the, the negative beings are only in the in the bottom three layers of the astral level okay they're only there right and so if who you are develops beyond the bottom worst part of you right so if you've got that fear where is fear fear is the lowest part of you the purpose of fear is to keep us small and static. The purpose of courage and learning is to evolve past the smallest part of who we are. So if you choose to be evolved and evolving, because it's a long journey, believe me, to look at the whole universe, it's all still right evolving. Um, the thing to do is to learn how to regulate your emotions, pay attention to the purpose of each emotion. And when you're doing that work, as you evolve and meditate, you can get to a place where you can pop out of your body anytime you want and never have a bad experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one measurement for that is, do you have nightmares ever, right? And if you have nightmares, you still, you're still processing stuff. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to your dreams and get to the place where you're conscious enough in your dreaming state that you can say, I choose to never have negative emotion, uh, negative dreams, nightmares anymore. I choose to understand it and process it consciously. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have the negatives. Mm -hmm. I look at myself as this, like, the more I meditate, the more I empower myself energetically then i'm the 800 pound gorilla where does the 800 pound gorilla sleep anywhere he wants mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. or she mm -hmm. so learn how to be powerful and positive and you won't have those issues mm -hmm. yeah 
It's very cool. Boundaries, one of my, and then I've got a few questions for you, but with this process, boundaries comes into play. As a healer, as a coach, how do you process through what are boundaries? And especially when you understand some of this stuff, how do you negotiate that with yourself and others? Well, just depends on what the boundary is, right? My goal for them is that they grow, but my goal also is that they take full responsibility. That's a boundary and a standard, mm -hmm. right? I want, I will work with ambitious people. I will work with curious people, right? And I also require that I have a rapport with them. If I don't have a rapport, I won't work with them, mm -hmm. right? So I have to like them. You got to want to spend your time there. Yeah. Why, why waste my time with someone who's, you know, does all the negative things? It's like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will teach someone until they reach the end of their ability to learn. And then I open up more time for someone else. What are you currently searching for yourself on this world? If you on can, this road? Yeah, on this, on this perspective time frame in this existence, this vessel that right you've now, chosen. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on several things. Mm -hmm. So I have clear memory of 10 lifetimes as a monk. When you're a monk, you know, you, you take the poverty and chastity vow, right? When you take those vows, you commit yourself fully to them. So what are my biggest two issues in life right now? Money and romance. <laughs> so my goal is to learn how to be healthy, wealthy, wise, and have as big an impact in the world as I can. So I am learning how to be the public figure. It terrifies me. And I'm learning how to be, that's why I do this, right? I'm learning yeah. how to be a public figure yeah. so that I can guide people with my words and insights. Yeah. So that each one of them can take whatever I say and say, oh, I'll take this piece and this piece and they grow with it, right? Yeah. That's Thank my you. goal. My goal is to be, you know, if I could be, you know. So my next personal goal is I want to coach governors Cool. I could coach a governor. That means everybody in that state would be evolving. Wow, cool. Right? Yeah. There are a few that are open. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how that adventure goes. That's a that's a that's a two-year goal. Good. Really cool. Um, books. I've got I've yeah. got books to write about this stuff that I know. Yeah. How often yeah. are you writing now? May I huh? ask? How often are you writing now? Right now, uh, I have homework from my marketing guru. She said, write something this week. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Exactly. Button seat. That's how you get a book written. Yep. <laughs> yep. Similar to meditation. Button seat. Yep. Button seat, right? Be, be in it. Right? Be in it. Be, yeah. be in it, not yeah. do in it. Yeah. That's a great point, perspective. Um, okay. I have three questions. Um, and I think you've already answered one of them, but I'm excited to ask you after we have had this conversation and I ask all, all guests that come on actually connecting this. So in your perspective, what is consciousness? Consciousness is that place in your mind that has awareness. That doesn't include will, right? It doesn't include memory. It's just awareness. That's consciousness. <laughs> and we can regulate it, mm -hmm. which I said earlier. Mm -hmm. Be present. Cool. 
what are emotions? Emotions are the aftermath, if you would, of childhood decisions and some conscious adult decisions. They're mental decisions, right? I get spanked. I, I, so I, I make a decision. I'm, I'm not going to do spanking anymore. What do I have to do in order to not get spanked? Right? I'll be a good little boy. Right? I'll pay attention. I'll be aware. Right? It's something yeah. I stumbled over. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. That's a decision I made. Yeah. So there we are. We have to come into this world and experience those traumas to be able to recognize ourselves for the first, second, fifth, however many times, right? Like, well, the, to experience the it. Point, the whole point of a trauma is to give us a foundation, you know, in our first five or six years, right? We, we have those experiences and we set up certain things and our life evolves out of that, right? We grow through that and can generally go back to, you know, those first three decisions. Right. And so, my goal was to learn how to be emotionally responsible at age 18 and not bleed anymore, right? Mm. That's emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you, side question, if you had a piece of advice to offer someone who is going through the same thing that you were going through when you were 18 years old, what would that advice be? Go find a medically trained hypnotherapist and you don't have to die from colitis. They can fix it, but they got to be pretty darn good. Okay. Do you take have something you recommend? Take up meditation. Go find medically trained hypnotherapist. Do you have someone you'd recommend? Um, I, I have a, a dear friend in Portland, Oregon, uh, Lexi Parrott. I'm actually going to talk with her later on this afternoon. So what was her last name? P-A-R-R-O-T-T. -T. Perfect. Okay, but there are others that are coming. I have another in Nebraska that I'm working through that process. So, But you can look up online a medically trained hypnotherapist. Okay. Perfect. Um, the What is the third question for you? What is the number one emotion you experience on a day-to-day -day basis? Delight. Delight. That's a very fun one. Cool. Well, what's, what's left? You know, if you give up anger and you give up blame, right? Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Delight. Yeah. Because my whole goal with my whole business and everything that I do is to learn and to teach. Mm -hmm. And help people be exceptional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spectacular. How can people get in contact with you? I have a website, stellarinsightinc.com. I'm on LinkedIn. Perfect. And they can go to that. Like they, they, they want to learn and talk and also pay me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah there's an exchange. You no, know, there's an exchange. The first one's always free. No business owner that I work with mm -hmm. 
starts without having a free conversation because that way they get to interview me, I get to interview them, I know if there's rapport or not and if we can actually be effective and successful. If it's not going to be effective, it's a waste of both our, both our time. So there's a way that they can go to my website and set up an appointment with me. Okay, cool. This was fun. See? Tell you what, it's cool. It's fun when you start just jumping in and exploring it all. Right. Well, I, I can take people as far down the rabbit hole as they want to go. Yeah. If that includes for their business, adding a zero, I love that. That's like so fun. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. also personally transforming. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're up for it. Mm -hmm. If they're up for it. And character and profits go together. I agree. Spectacular. Cool. Do you have any last things, comments that you'd like to share with everyone that's kind of out there and just last parting thoughts and wisdoms? If, insights, you, if you feel will? like, yeah, if you feel like a victim in your life, look here first, take Heart. responsibility and empower yourself first, and then you can become who you actually can be. You know, other people have learned how to be billionaires, right? Other people have learned how to be millionaires. Learn how to be that and then share everything you learn, but be a learner first and self-aware first. Those are the two keys. And on that, this is the Actually Connecting Podcast. Thank you, Brad Smith. Thank you very much, Dan. Like what you heard? Give it a share. Want to talk about it? Comment or like below. Have a great rest of your day. This is the Actually Connecting Podcast.